Hit record. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I got Dr. Trey Hodge on again. This is part two of our um, podcast of, uh, you know what, we're expanding on uh, our life and business is a big part of our life. So um, we're going to focus on that, try to focus on that. We're going to keep it fun. Just like the last podcast, we're going to be drinking tequila, but we're not going to be doing no, shots. No, no time shots. No, 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 no shots every 10 minutes. I don't want to see the reminders. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm going to get started with, um, if you haven't seen the last podcast, go listen or listen to the last podcast, go listen to it. Um, if you have any questions, hit it up uh, on the IG, DM or whatever. Um, dude, I'm gonna we're gonna start right in with. I want to know your first job as a kid, as as a teenager, as whatever. What was your first job, paid job? Uh, first, actually, the first paid job was I was teaching um, uh, cry for kids, and it was a program. It was at this school called Pointer School, and I would teach it once a week on Wednesday for an hour and a half. How old were you? Karate for kids. Uh, I was 12. <laughs> 12. Um, so my father, he was the head of it. I was going in there teaching. Um, the ages I worked with were from ages as, as young as four mm-hmm. to about actually, about close to 10. So I did. I actually did that for a year and a half. Um, you know, just like it's just something I did on Wednesday evenings. Um, I, at that point, I had already been teaching uh, kids' classes anyways at my father's martial arts school. So this was just another added venture. But now I'm actually collecting the W-2 for it because I'm getting paid through the Pointer School from the school system. So that was my first job I actually had. Um, what would you get paid? Uh, usually it was based on the program. The program's lasted six weeks. No, so, how much? Yeah, how much? Uh, you, I think it was $20 per kid. So... For, for the six weeks course, yeah, uh, I think I had th- usually thirty to thirty five kids, so wow, it'll probably dude. be about like it would probably end up being like close to six hundred dollars. Where well, after taxes, like five something to four to six weeks. So you made five hundred dollars in six weeks. Yeah, and that, I mean, of course at that age, that was like big money. You know, yeah, twenty dollars is big money. So yeah. I thought I was like top dog, and you know, nobody had a job like <laughs> like this. So that was my that was my first job, in which uh, it was it was challenging because of course you know with me being 12 and having to at least be in a position where you're teaching, conducting that, and trying to be in a position, of course, where you feel like you're trying to gain some respect with like mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. kids. And it's funny thing is, you know, the kids did really well. Of course, the younger ones more of a challenge because, of course, the learning curve and stuff and just the attention span was, of course, shorter. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, I enjoyed teaching the classes. Like I said, we did six-week courses. It was six weeks, then four weeks off, and then it just keep rotating. Wow. So. Um you know what? I think it was my first job at twelve thirteen as well, and I'm. I thought about this the other day. Um, I think my first job, and it was kind of entrepreneurial. I didn't even really think about it, but um, I would drive my three wheeler Honda ATC seventy. Anybody knows what that is? Let me let me get a wave or something. <laughs> um, I would drive it a mile down to the road, down the dirt road, and I would on Sundays, and I would take four quarters, put it in the machine. And get the newspaper out, the Sunday newspaper. No, I'd get more than one. I'd get about five. <laughs> and so I'd take five of them out of the machine, and I'd go to the neighbors, and I would deliver them. And it started with one guy that asked me for it. And so he would pay me. He'd give me $2. And he'd give me the $2, and I would pocket the, the dollar, and I'd take the other one, and I'd buy five and, and start delivering it. And I never really thought about that until the other day where I was like, wow, that was pretty entrepreneurial even though i was stealing uh <laughs> and i would deliver all this stuff and so i'd make 10 15 on a sunday and i was doing well uh but 
that wasn't a paid job. I, and my neighbor, he uh, he wanted me to work in the garden. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where I get the love for the garden thing. I know on the podcast, y'all can't see this. We just talked about it on Instagram Live. But uh, Trey's drinking... Uh, his drink, we threw some mint in there from the garden. But So I've got a passion for gardening for some reason. I think it comes from that. Uh, anyway, so I worked in the garden weeding and working hard for the old man. And he'd give me $20 for working four or five uh, hours. And um, I think that's where I learned hard work mm-hmm. and, and money. And you did too. Uh, but that was, uh, that was my first job, not on the books. But mm-hmm. um, what was your first job? Um, I would say on the books, but... That was on the books, actually. Well, for me, that was on the books. It was just something that was, it was a temporary thing. So it wasn't like something that was like a legitimate, you know, job where I'm working daily. You know, mm-hmm. I work once a week and it was a six week program. And then I, I did go through, uh, actually, my next job was at 14. And it was after this, I went and I was working at this, uh, this uh, printing, pretty much printing, blueprints, things like that. It was a copy shop. Okay. Uh, so we did copies, we did color copies, we did all these different things. So I worked in there for, a few years and then went to more of the trucking business where I was doing dot work for a few years. Uh, even got into billing. So I was doing billing for, um, you know, overnight transportation company. Well, it's now UPS. I used to be a billing clerk. So imagine me, you know, I was 17 till I guess 19 years old doing billing too. So I've had a wide range of jobs. Um, and I've always had jobs since I was 12. So I always did something where I was, you know, at least, you know, working. Uh, at one point, I was working two jobs, you know, while yeah. I went through college. Yeah. So um, so I've always kind of had a, a sense of trying to work, trying to make more money. Um, I think the value of the dollar came in when uh, even my father started saying, hey, since you are making money now, you can help out with some bills. And oh, he wow. gave me, and it was just something small, and it was just teaching me responsibility. Sure. Say, hey, you know what, you can enjoy your money, but at the same time, you got to be responsible for certain things you do. So he gave me like a small bill, which was a, on a, you know one of his credit cards. It was a very small one, just to get me used to paying for something, okay. which I, I really appreciate that now because the fact that it gave me that notion that I have my responsibility to take care of. Back then, were you upset? Were you pissed off about it? Well, at first, I'm like, man, you know, I'm making all this money. I should be like having fun doing this stuff, you know? And of course, it's like, oh, I'm paying, you know, a credit card bill. I'm paying my own car insurance. Yeah. I, pay, I got a car payment too. Oh, man. So, but at the same time, it, it helped me kind of understand that things just can't be given and you, you have to work for it. So I feel like those were some of the challenges I needed earlier on to kind of learn more. And heck, even when I got older, I still made, of course, we talk about mistakes. We all make mistakes in business, especially getting started. And I made plenty of mine. I mean, and I know we'll go in detail a little bit about, about that. But at the same time, I think that gave me the, the model I needed to, like, at least go for. Yeah. And know the the penny, the worth of a dollar, the worth of everything, yeah. you know, keeping up with it. So even me, I had my own, like, account and all that. And I had to keep, and he had me keep track of my checkbook. And, you know, of course, we wrote checks then <laughs> for, you know, everything. Balance checkbooks. So balancing checkbooks and everything. So I did all that. So it, it really it really taught me a lot more responsibility. And I think, like, I'm glad I had that, you know, type of, like, framework, you know. So. Oh, absolutely. Wow, this is crazy to me that, um, you know, you're saying you're working at 12, 13 years old. Me too. I'm thinking about all the other 12 and 13-year-olds out there. You know, I get my daughter doing stuff and uh, I throw her some money or I give her some uh, little you know, task like, Hey, clean up the office and, uh, I'll give you 10 bucks. Um, but you know, billing your dad, billing you like that. <laughs> that's kind of funny. That's, that's, that's the, uh, Dermon Hodge, uh, the, the mindset that's that, you know, and that's what his father did to him. So, you know, it's like that pen passed down, you know, type of a mentorship. Yeah. And, you know, of course, like you said, yeah, I mean, there was like, Oh, why am I getting these bills? But you know, I understand now and stuff, you know? And of course, like even now, like, 
even my parents and things, you know, I think that's just made us that much closer in terms of understanding like what they were doing as, you know, they were older having kids mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. same thing. I need to look at responsibility, you know? So see, all right. I know I covered it on the IG, but for the podcast people out there, uh, this is our second podcast. Again, we're going to talk about business. Um, Trey and I want to give uh, little golden nuggets on uh, lessons we've learned to help you uh, with uh, starting a business and expanding a business. Um, I don't know if I said that on the podcast yet, but I wanted to get that out there. Um, by no means are we talking like we're gurus. We just want to share things that have helped us. Yeah. And with all that said, I want to tell you that uh, for myself and for Trey, uh, we did not come from a family with money. Uh, we were not given money. And you just heard a couple stories where uh, for some reason we were motivated at 12 and 13 years old. And it makes me question what's going on with our 12 and 13 year olds now. Uh, let's not even get into that. But uh, we were motivated. It wasn't like we had a passion to deliver newspapers or a passion um, to, to work at a UPS place. Mm. Uh, but we seen money as a way out possibly or some freedom. And it, it motivated us. It was a vehicle. Uh, that job was a vehicle for our freedom. And I, th- I think I'm speaking for you as well. Yeah. But, um, and that's, pro- that's, that's the same as it is today. It's a vehicle, you know, so if you guys have a job right now or if you got your own business, uh, you use that as a vehicle to your freedom. And when I say freedom, the things you want to do, um, whether it's, uh, you know, boating on the lake or hell, video games, we're not getting into that. But um, anyway, so back to getting on track, we're talking about these little little jobs that we've had. Uh, We didn't just come right out and, and, you know, our family didn't just give us a business. We didn't take over anything. Um, we found something and then we created and we had a vision and then we acted on that vision. Um, and that's, that's hard to do. And it's hard to do when you know there's risk. It's hard to do when you got children. It's hard to do when you got school. It's hard to do when you're ma- There's just so many excuses. I call them excuses because there's so many reasons to not go into business. And you all know that. Everybody who's thinking about going into business right now, you have a reason not to go into business. Okay, and and if you don't, you'll find a reason. Yeah. So, um, what made you start your own practice? You know, and uh, we were talking about this earlier, but you know, for me, you know, I always wanted to like have something that I could call my own, and even going through school and finishing up school, and you know, you're talking to people who are trying to mentor you and stuff, and of course, the the things that had me uh, fearful, and as well, I was telling you, is going into a you know maybe an office as an associate. And being where you're working in for really somebody, of course you get an experience, but at the same time you work for someone and you're the workhorse and you're really not, you're not getting paid probably what you're worth as far as time and sure, what you've you done. You got so, much time in, I get it. So, you know, I, I was already kind of driven to like, okay, I'm going to get my own business going and everything else. So, you know, it's funny thing is, you know, we didn't get taught a lot of this stuff in school. So when I got out, it was almost me having to learn, okay, what I need to do. And I had to do my own business plan and everything else because of course to start the business I wanted where I wanted I needed some you know some things to get me going so, to be clear you started your business right out of school yeah wow yeah so right time I got finished with school um, it was a it was a little bit of a process trying to find a place of course and then trying to get the equipment and trying to keep and even then I was trying to manage my overhead where I wasn't putting so much out so I was able to find like Equipment from practices that were probably moving out of the area, or whatnot. So you okay. go get some good deals on some equipment I needed. So yeah, you know, so I started off in uh, people. A lot of people know in Windsor, California. I actually moved all the way from South Carolina to Windsor, and it took a few months, but I got my practice going there. Had a great practice in terms of just starting off on my own thing. Um, and you know, I made the mistakes, and a lot of the mistakes we're talking about, of course, is overhead. 
my biggest mistake was I put so much into advertising and promoting. And then really after two years, realized, you know what, the advertising I put in, I was really putting too much money. I think my first year I put about 12 grand in just advertising. Wow. And so after seeing that and then, you know, then realizing, okay, well now most of my business was coming referral basis, like people who were already coming in. Yeah. And this was actually right time I started coaching. So a lot of my business came from, you know, parents, uh, you know, friends of like my, you know, parents, the players themselves. People you knew and had relationships yeah, yeah. with. So, okay. it, so it makes sense. So now it's like, okay, well, you know, getting referrals and those were more credible sources versus getting just a, what I call like a cold patient from just off the street who's mm-hmm. just in pain. So, and so that's where my practice really took off in California. And I, I told you I was in there for five years. Uh, one of the things, and I'll go ahead and disclose this, might be a little bit you know, more of a personal note. Uh, you know, I would, I pretty much would have probably stayed out there, still been coaching, still been doing that. I uh, went through a little bit of a rough spot with the divorce, which you, uh, so, uh. um, <laughs> So technically, the, I know a couple things yeah, about that. So you know, going through that, the divorce and stuff, it really just drained me, and I think I was ready just to go somewhere else and yeah. start, start new, start fresh. Had opportunity to come to Greenville, uh, had had an offer, and this was now I'm going from owning or doing my own practice. Now I'm going to be independent contractor, um, and for you, those of you who don't know, independent contracting. Technically, I'm working under someone, um, and I'm pretty much making a percentage. So, yet I'm kind of my own boss, but yet yeah. I'm still under someone too. Like I still dictate my hours and all that. So you know, I started with this company. Um, built. Well, let me slow you. Yeah. Let me slow you down real quick. You, you said a lot. Um, for anybody who's just now logging in or hasn't listened, have not listened to the first podcast. Uh, Dr. Trey Hodge is a chiropractor. He's also a, a, a sports. Um, a coach uh, for bodybuilding and fitness uh, diet as well. Um, he, when I say school, um, I don't mean to discount his college credits. Uh, you've got two different aspects here, and I think it, it really gives you guys good value here because Trey spent the money to go to school um, and go through college. I did not. I did not go to college, and I had to learn things a little harder than he did. I went to the, to the Navy and learned things that way and other ways. Um, but there's a lot to be said about the money and the time and the investment and the studying. I can't, I can't imagine. And, and, and there are people that are listening that are going to, that are going to sign on both sides. Mm. So we got college grads that are wanting to start a business that think they got to go start somewhere, but you started a business right out of college. So it's possible folks. Mm. It's, it's definitely possible. Um, and we can talk about uh, other ways to go about it and different ways other people go about it. Uh, I didn't, and I had to learn uh, a different way. Mm. So, I just wanted to cover that real quick so people knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much when I graduated school, I was pretty much about $88,000 in the whole college. Yeah, we're conference. getting naked, folks. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to talk about debt, divorces, and all the other things <laughs> that, that hurt. It's kind of leading that way. This is real life, man. Yeah. And, and you guys need to know that, that we didn't just, like I said, we didn't come from money. And we nobody gave us a, nobody fed us with a silver spoon. So we're getting the same uh, cards that you guys are dealt mm-hmm. uh, with, with all the obstacles. So... Anyway, so you came back to Greenville. Yeah. Or tell us about came, Yeah, came to Greenville and was doing, you know, the independent contract thing. Uh, pretty much had a good run for a few years with it, but, you know, I was working my butt off. I mean, I was seeing at this point, at the peak, I was seeing about 150 to 180 people a week, patient-wise. Uh, you know, and this and based on this independent contracting, I was only really taking in 30% of what was taken in total. So... 
and I was telling John, it's like I remember one one year we had made close to three hundred thousand dollars within that that office, wow. but on the books I only had brought home like fifty was it fifty eight thousand, so it was almost a little bit a little bit less. A little context. How old were you? Uh, here I'm twenty. Oh, actually twenty seven. Twenty seven fifty grand, good money. Yeah, but for what for the amount of work I was doing, of course, it, it seemed like it was it was a fair position. So. Anyways, long story short, uh, I was with this company for a few years. Uh, I've been two different locations, uh, which funny thing, one of the locations was Planet Fitness for about two years. I, I had office inside there. Yeah. And the, the company did dissolve. They went bankrupt. And at that point, uh, they were behind paying me for, for, for quite a while. So they had ended okay. up owing me like $22,000 when they went bankrupt. Um, the, the thing is, even though it was... Kind of a tough thing. I'd already see kind of the the route that coming, so I was already planned on venturing. I already had a, another office space planned out, and the good thing was the equipment I still had at office, even though it was through the company, they wrote it off to me mm-hmm. because they couldn't pay me back the money that they had owed me right. when they were going bankrupt. So I was actually able, I started off with the equipment at least that I could go into an office, had the office already set up, ready to go. So once it happened, I took off with that. And that's where I really began, like, again, you know, this now this is the official second time opening up my own office, you know. So, I, you know, it took me still some time to still build a clientele. Moving offices, of course, I have to, like, talk to or let my patients know where I'm moving to. All word of mouth. Yeah, and all, and all this was just the communication of, to getting to, like, my old patients and stuff to let them know, hey, you know, do this. I'm going to be at a different location. Uh, of course, some come, some, some don't. So, it took me still another year, year and a half to really build back to even, like, near where I was before. So, in the meantime... Um, what I started doing more, I started training people more. So that way they can kind of help offset, you know, being trying to get restarted again. And so that's where, even for me, I was coaching even way before then, but I became more of a coach at that point. Okay. Because it helped balance my, you know, income a little bit more through that through a little rough spot. Right, so. right. Hmm. So would you say that $22,000 that you got stiffed on, did that catapult you into a better situation? Yeah, I think it, it just, anything, it motivated me to now say, you know what, if I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. if I'm going to seek or swim, I'm going to do it to myself or I want to do yourself. it all. Yeah, I'd rather do it and have full control over it. So, and this was probably when all this kind of unfolded and happened was about 2000 and, I'll say 2011. 2011, so you get stiffed, and you were forced. You felt forced, compelled to go start something different without yeah. without that. Yeah. Um, which is interesting that this is. It's uh, <laughs> going, bro. Um, what's interesting to me is that a lot of us get put in these situations where it's a sink or swim situation. Yeah. Um, even more ironic is that. It took about twenty to thirty thousand dollars of somebody owing me for me to say enough's enough. I'm going to start my own thing, mm-hmm. and um, it's the same amount of money. So around 2014, mm-hmm. that's what happened. Oh wow! Um, a lot of people ask me how I got into this industry. Um, I worked on uh, F-18s in the military, in the Navy, and I uh, got out and I worked for um, a machinery, a fabricating machinery dealer. And I did the service work on installs and um, any kind of repair. And so I didn't know anything about what I do now. I didn't know anything about it when I come out of the military. Uh, but I, I took my passion and my hard work and I went into this thing full speed. 
um, learned about it, got into sales, learned more about it, and then uh, I got stiffed pretty hard. And when you get stiffed pretty hard, you got to figure out what do you want to do. Yeah. And uh, it was sink or swim. So, um, so right. I think even with us and, and kind of given like a, like a common theme is, you know, we're, if we're forced in a position and I think since we have encountered like that type of like roughing it hardship, yeah. that's always been our motivation. And sometimes it's the funniest it may sound. I think the times that I enjoy, you know, what I do more is when I'm roughing it. When you're struggling. When it. I'm struggling. How crazy is that? And I, well, I think it's one of those things. It's just the learning experience, the learning curve. Because you know, it's one of those things. If you can get through it, it's like you feel like you've you've accomplished. What's well, the struggle? Yeah, it's it's like anything else. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say this as well. Um, that sink or swim by yourself. It's a lot like bodybuilding. Um, I was talking to somebody today, a uh, pro bodybuilder, and I said, "Listen, your success and failures are are mostly on you. You don't have the team." You don't have an employer to blame. You don't have anybody to blame but yourself. Mm. And so one of the best things uh, I like about being an entrepreneur and a business owner is that my successes and my failures are mine. They're mine. Mm. I lose $10,000 and I've done it. I've lost $20,000 in a day. Um, but that's mine. I own that and mm. I learn from it. Uh, it won't happen again. Yeah. And um, and I enjoy that. I enjoy learning that way. I think it's the only way for us that we can actually truly grow from, you know, is having those mistakes, those little minor failures. And we're not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm calling them minor because it's not like it puts us completely down to where we just haven't, we're just like, you know, packing up and this is it. We're done. Um, if anything, it pushes us more to like, okay, we're going to make this better. We'll make this more efficient for yeah. us. Uh, if anything, make our time worth what it should be, you know? And, you know, we had talked about earlier and I think sometimes we've, I value time, you know, more than anything, more than I would say money itself. And Trey, my mo- I got to cut you off, but yeah. I, t- I said this today at mm. probably around 10 o'clock. Mm. More importantly than money, this is, this is the most important thing we're going to say in this podcast. The most valuable thing you have, listen to me guys, is not money, it's time. The time you spend with people, the time that you mentor. This podcast right now is because we want to give back. We're not getting sponsored. Okay, we took time out of our day where we can be working on our businesses, making a bunch of money. But yet, we're sitting here trying to help you guys. So, if you guys have any questions, we really want you to ask. We're, that's that's what we're here for right now. Uh, we might not have the answers, but we know people, and we surround ourselves with people that may know that. Yeah. So, please ask ask on on IG here, guys, or ask on the podcast. I don't care if it's a, it's six months from now. Yeah, uh, that's what we're here for. And and we're talking too because even for me, I do get a lot of like mentorship programs where I have like because I was mentored myself uh, going through my school mm-hmm. and even into practice. So I have a lot of like young guys and young you know females that come in. Uh, they might be you know mid stride into school. Uh, they could be in chiropractic. They could be thinking about going to chiropractic. And I will offer them to come uh, shadow me, uh, shadow how I practice, how I how I work in my office. And it, and it gives me a good chance to really talk to them one-on-one, let them know about pretty much what we're saying tonight, mm-hmm. and give them that little bit, maybe what they need to know, then maybe give them that little bit extra that they can kind of better prepare themselves to. Um, and I think, like we were talking too, like, you know, we're, we're going over like our golden nuggets. Um, and of course, my golden nugget for, you know, for anybody going to chiropractic or even like even if it's coaching is definitely keep managing your overhead where it's like as low as you can fit it, meaning keep your expenses low so that way you're not having to work to pay your expenses, which happens a lot. Um, I have, I told you, a friend of mine who probably say 70%, he's great practice, 
tons of patients and stuff, but I say 70% of his overhead is what, you know, his, you know, what goes into it. You know, 70% of his, like, what he works for goes in his overhead and expenses, you know. And so he has to work, and he has to see has the high to work. He has to work, has to see the high numbers. Wow. Um, fortunately, I put myself more now in a position where I don't necessarily, it's not dependent for me to have to be, like, high volume. If I, could, if I need to take a day off for something, I can. Yeah. I can manage my schedule a little bit easier, so that's that's where I like, and you know it's it's comfortable enough for me where I can enjoy and I enjoy what I do, enjoy you know I love my the coaching aspect, I love the chiropractic side. I get up every morning and you know there's there's not too many days I would like miss working. You know I would like not go to work or not apply myself, not communicate with a you know client on a, you know their prep or anything like that. So you know I'm in a good healthy position in my life where I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable. comfortable. Do you, you know, feel free? Do you feel I, like you have freedom? I feel yeah. No, I feel I feel freedom. I feel like you know, if, hey, you know, if you and I decide next weekend we want to go to the you know go do something, you know, we could do it. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> he's ready. He's always ready. Last minute. The only problem is sometimes I'm, I'm afraid that I don't want to go because I feel like I might let someone down. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe yeah, I want to go because I got I, 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 I got to see you know I got to work with someone. I got to do this. So I always find I find a reason sometimes because I feel like I, I'm supposed to supposed to work even though I probably. Obligated. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like I guess you know I'm the type of person I want everybody to to do well, be successful, yeah. be treated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I want to make sure I'm around. But at the same time, yeah, I mean it's it's good to kind of take time for yourself too. So. You know, it's good, and I, I got to be honest, man. When I'm when I'm out having fun and I'm someplace, I'm down in Florida fishing. I feel not. I don't know if it's guilt, but I feel like I need to be back working because I have a lot of responsibilities, mm. and there there's that sense in the back of my mind like. You know, it, it, it's not going to run without me, or uh, I need to help somebody. Somebody's calling me. I got to return this phone call. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to let go of things. Yeah, completely. Like, it's almost like I think sometimes it wouldn't be a bad thing if if we could unplug, whether it be like for a twenty four hour period. Just you shut unplug. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, you, you you're saying this, but it's the same thing as the same right. thing we, we do like working out or like or you know training or like for us, you know. So for instance, if we if we go through like two days of not training, we feel like oh we're we're missing out. We're like we're, we're not progressing. We're not. Pro- that's the thing. It's progress because even for you. If you were to take like say two days off from just working in general, just working, you would feel you're not productive. So you would feel like you're you're going backwards. And that of course for, for you and even for me, the last thing we want to put in our mindset that, hey, we're going we're going reverse. We're in reverse mode now. You know, we're not moving. We're not. Right. We feel like cause we always, and I think just us being younger and, you know, even being our, you know, trying to work and things, that was our way of being driven, ambitious. Competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the competitive. Listen, you, everybody but, who's listening knows what that's like. Yeah. And we're, and then also we're competing with ourselves because we want to be better than we were yesterday. You know, we want tomorrow to be better than what's yesterday for us. And we want to be in a better position, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so if if you're listening to this, guys, and you're on the verge or you want to start a business, you already have an idea, um, listen to these mindsets that we've got. That I'm, when, I, when I listen to Trey, it's almost affirmation on what I've gone through. Uh, it's like, all right, well, he's got the same mind. Um, so I understand it. Um, your success and failures are all on you as an entrepreneur or a business owner. And... I think about, you know, I was talking about that three-wheeler earlier delivering newspapers. Um, Well, that thing didn't always run, so I'd run out of gas. And I remember my father saying, what are you going to do when you run out of gas? Like, he prepped me for this. And I did. I ran out of gas one time, and I was a mile away from home in the the woods. Didn't know where I was at, right? 
And I remember pushing that three-wheeler up into the woods, covering it up with weeds. Didn't want nobody to take it on the trails. And I walked home and got gas. Um, and I was by myself. And, I, I mean, it was hard for me as a 12, 13-year-old to push that bike into, into the woods. And it was quickly that I learned that, look, man, you, you're going to be on your own a lot. Not to rely on people. I mean, it's nice to have your circle, and we can, that's another podcast of, of having friends and a small circle and whatnot that you can call. Uh, but uh, there's one person you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Other than God, you got to rely on yourself. And so that's, that's what pushes you through business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, if you're listening to this and you want to start a business, if you're not that person, it's okay. But that's what you got to be. you got to be somebody who's willing to take the success and failures and own that stuff. Yeah. And then that's the thing is too, you know, we're, you're going to have more failures and successes. I have more failures and successes. So you have to yeah. understand that, you know, it, it might be like, you know, a little bit of a roadblock, yeah. but, you know, you have to get through it if you want to completely be in a successful position one day. Because there's probably so many times, so many months where I, I pretty much was practicing, but I wasn't making really, I was making just enough mm. to pay my bills yeah. for a while. I roughed it a little bit in California. I roughed it when I moved Did back Did you here. question your decision ever? Ever? Uh, no, I just, you know, honestly, I just told myself, it's like one of those things where I was like, you know, you can't, you got to be better. You got to work harder. You know, you just, you just can't let this go by. Because, you know, you know, you like it. You know, you enjoy it. So you just got to find the way. So you never questioned it. Never no. said, hey, you know, I'll go find a hey, job somewhere. Hey, for like four months when I moved back to Greenville, I was living in my buddy's office on a blow-up mattress, going to work, like waking up at six o'clock in the morning yeah? just to get to the office early. Just so I can, you know, start my day early, you know, try work with new patients and everything else. And I did that for months, for four months. And the money I made because I wasn't, I was building insurance, but I wasn't making anything from insurance yet through the company I would work for. So everything I was making was based on cash and co-pays. So that money spent my gas, the money spent for groceries. I even was helping. What'd you me. eat? What kind of what kind of food were you eating? I mean, I was eating clean. I was just I would go by like Ingles on the way home usually like every other day just to buy some stuff. I would cook. I was I had good friends at that point that were also chiropractors. They were starting. You know, they helped me out with you know at least having a place to stay. I would help cook a little bit with them and stuff just to kind of help pay my way for being there. Mm-hmm. So you know appreciate appreciation. But now I have my struggles. But you know it's funny. I look back at those and I really. It's funny as it may sound because I had I had yeah. some I had some cool 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 buddies. But they, the funny thing is they'll be up in the, like two in the morning and they were gamers. Video oh, game. Here we go. And they they'd be like you know, smoking up a little bit too. So I'll be getting like a second high sleeping because the office itself was open. <laughs> open to the living room so of course i got like you know i'm getting secondhand like high going on too like while i'm like mm, sleeping they're playing zelda yeah. <laughs> this is beautiful it was a uh, no it was a uh, madden madden football madden yeah they like they would stay up to like three or four in the morning and just play let me like, ask you something yeah these guys um you ain't gotta name any names or anything but yeah what are they doing right now they're car- I mean, they're great chiropractors. So they're playing video games now. They're great chiropractors. Now they might not be now because you know, both of them have kids now. Then they didn't have kids. It was just them. They're brothers. Yeah. living in an apartment together. It was a three bedroom apartment or two bedroom apartment. Okay. And um, like I said, when I told them I was moving back, they're like, "Hey, you know, we got you know, got we their own back. business." Yeah, they got their own business. Good for them. Yeah, they're um, they're positioned in the upstate. Um, I don't want to say their names, but I mean, they, if they oh. listen, they know who they are. <laughs> we <laughs> you know we, who you are. No, no, we, we still talk about it. We still laugh about it because it was actually. Getting high. Well, I wasn't intentionally. I was intentionally. I was just, like I said, I was just there. And of course, you know. You were a victim. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it was it was fun. It was good times. So, you know, I was. Uh, uh, you don't even remember that shit. <laughs> yeah. 
So here we got someone saying, "We got uh, where are you guys from? We are from well, South Carolina, of course, but I, I, upstate, upstate near. I'm not from here. I'm from Tampa, Florida. Tampa. Oh wow, I uh, forgot Tampa. Tampa, Florida. Um, that's where I was raised and grown up on a dirt road in a single wide trailer with four other kids. My dad raised us, and um, yeah, there was times where we didn't eat. So I'm saying that because there was no money. It wasn't, and I get told this a lot. Oh, did your dad give you the business? Did you know? Did somebody help you with that shit? No, I didn't. Again, didn't even go to college. Uh, but Tampa, Florida, joined the Navy. I was 18 years old, had no direction, didn't go to community college. I was going to be redshirted, uh, playing point guard. Uh, yeah, I played basketball, um, and instead went to the Navy and went through avionics school, worked on F-18s. And when I got out, after five years of my first marriage, I was married twice. Um, my first marriage, get my life story. Um, we moved to South Carolina, not because we knew anybody here. And we took, I took a job, and that was it. It was a nice, clean place here in Greenville, South Carolina. It still is. I love it here. And um, that's where we're at now. I hope I answered that question in a long way. But, so, from... Yeah. Tampa to Virginia to, to South Carolina. Cool. I'll say that's it. You know, I'm originally from South Carolina. I was in California for almost uh, actually four to five years uh, and then moved back. I'm originally from Florence and then moved back to Greenville, which Greenville, of course, I think we both agree. Like, we love Greenville. I mean, I love Greenville. That's why I keep coming back, and that's why I still have my office here. Um, I do have two offices, so I'm usually back and forth between the both of them. So, yeah. Yeah, Greenville's a clean place and just uh, – they got a beautiful downtown and the rural area, um, and, and a good location. We're in between Atlanta and Charlotte. Oh yeah. So we're growing. We got a lot of good business here. And I think some people forget about that. That you know, Greenville is actually like the mid, almost middle, right in middle. between Charlotte and Atlanta. Two hours each. Well, an yeah. hour to Charlotte and about two hours to Atlanta. Yeah. So even for like flying, travel, and stuff. Well, GSP is a good airport, but you got Charlotte and Atlanta, so you really yeah, you know, go wherever you want to for these anyway. spots. Yeah. Um, let me see if we can get back on track. Um, wrote some things down. We definitely go on tangents. That's fine. Um, so started business. Um, all right. So you guys want to start a business. You have an idea of what you want to do. Um, and how do you execute? And everybody's got an excuse why I said that earlier. Uh, what did you do to overcome your excuses and your, um, all those risks and everything. What was it that just drove you? Was it the guy that stiffed you $22,000? Was it your dad? Was it, what was it that was like, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm taking the risk. I'm taking the jump. You know, honestly, I, I know for myself, I've always seen myself, you know, running and doing my own thing. But same time, I, you know, it's funny to me. sound like this is sound so, so silly. Yeah. Uh, my ex-wife. <laughs> yes. No. Well, the, re- the reason why I say this, and the reason <laughs> oh, because um, you know, I was I, for those of you who don't, don't know, I was married for almost six years. Got married when I was nineteen, so I got married young. Uh, I had. A, What's his name? Oh, <laughs> I don't want to say her name. Okay, okay. but uh, hey, yeah, I'm not judging. I know. But anyway, so like with that, she was she was uh, she was a nurse, medical mindset, medical background. Uh, she never really supported me in my decision to go to chiropractic. Uh, never supported me when I was bodybuilding. So she she was a person wow. who was against. So even when I was finishing school and we moved to California, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we both made choice to move to California, and I was going to open open office. Well, she was almost against me opening an office. And the reason was, of course, she she made good money out there, but at the same time, she wanted me to more take care of things at home, be a be a 
or well, I guess okay. house dad or whatever house. I don't know house dude. husband, yeah, I don't house know. father, and I had three stepkids. So three stepkids, three stepkids. So my drive for them was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm gonna do this. I, yeah, I'm gonna do it on my own. So I did everything. You know, I found the space. I got my equipment. Oh my god! Even gosh. even when Dude. when I was told that I shouldn't, that I need to, you know, that she was going to do what she we need to do, and then I'll just take care of the kids. I really hate. Home. I really hate to cut you off, man. Yeah. But there are people that are listening right now, or will listen on this podcast, that have unsupportive spouses, mm. boyfriends or girlfriends, family members, fathers, sisters, brothers, mothers, everything. Man, so to hear this, it's it's a gold nugget. This is a gold nugget right now. Well, and that's the thing is, I think sometimes when the people that you would want to support don't give you support, and then they constantly remind you that you're not going to succeed, you're going to fail. I hate to say it, but that sticks in your back of your head to point where that's that's kind of a driver for you. You know, if anything, the Absolutely. last thing you're going to do, yeah, you rather lose sleep. You know, yep. you know, not be able to eat or anything to, to not play make Madden. Sure, yeah, wait, not play, <laughs> to make sure that that doesn't come to truth. So for me, I did you know everything because even when you know I went through my separation, divorce, and of course, even then, that was a point yeah. where they would they probably would have preferred me to sink. Then yep, that's right. So I made sure, and I did things to reinforce that I wasn't going to sink. Even then, even while I was out there. And then, of course, like I said, when they got to that point where I was at that max peak and, you know, I was ready, you know what, it's time to change the scenery, change the pace. And that's when I moved back to the East Coast. And, you know, of course, it had to rebuild. Is that where the separation happened right there? Well, separation happened actually while in California. Okay, all right. So, so I was, we were separated while in California for, gosh, probably almost, almost a year while I was out there. Okay. And then I moved back uh, and the divorce was final not too long after I moved back. So... It was one of, and like I said, it's just one of those things that I knew when I was out there. That's, that was my that's my equal drive for anything. Was just that. What would you idea. tell everybody who's listening that has an unsupportive uh, spouse right now? Um, if you have a passion for something, and if it's something you had before you met that person, and if they have an issue with or it during you met them, yeah, I mean, or during, hell. yeah. Well, I'm saying they understand that was what you're doing. Yeah. Like even when they met me, I was in chiropractic school. Yeah. So, you know, so if, and if they don't, if they, if they don't give you a good reason now, if your passion is something that it's maybe not healthy, then I can understand, but sure. if it's something that you really truly want to do and it's something that could be successful for you and it's something you have, you know, just a drive to do and they're not supportive, I say, you know, rethink the situation you're in, especially if you're not married at that point or, you know, I think you need to really take a look, take a step back, and ask yourself too: Why are they not supportive? What is the? Why are they not supportive? Okay, all right. Been married twice. Okay, a lot of marriage counseling, uh, (laughs) marriage retreats. Spent a lot of money on stuff, uh, trying to make marriages and relationships work. Uh, Read a lot of books, listened to a lot of podcasts. I am still not a guru, and I'm not good at this. But here's what I'm going to tell you because I've been down the same road, and what I've learned is not just from my experience, but from other people I've listened to. Is that those unsupportive spouses, uh, what their biggest concern is, is losing you. Okay, no. losing you to success, losing you to a, a more uh, uh, fit person, uh, losing you to somebody else, losing you into whatever. And so they're uncomfortable and they're, they're insecure in their own ways. Yeah. And so my advice there is if you want that to work, if you want that relationship to work, guys, is to find a good counselor. Uh, go to your church. Uh, Go to a go, you know, find some referrals. 
uh, because this happens so much. I hear this so much mm-hmm. an unsupportive spouse and it, it hurts me. It hurts me a lot to hear that because I've been there. Um, and it, it, it it's very toxic on both levels. Mm-hmm. So I feel for each person. And I would tell you that, uh, not all counselors are good, right? So, um, if, if you're not feeling good with one in particular, go to the next one. Um, your goal here is to have a healthy relationship with your wife or husband, uh, or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. And, um, to, to grow yourself and to grow with that person. You guys want to grow together. So, uh, my answer to anybody who's dealing with unsupportive spouse is to, um, find some counseling and to try and grow that way. But to still chase your dreams, try to compartmentalize. It's really hard guys. Really, really hard. Uh, to deal with that, I understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, DM either one of us because we both dealt with it. If that helps, we'll have some answers, hopefully. And um, that's all I got to say about that. Anyway, so move out back to South Carolina. Uh, I don't even know where we we really got into a personal situation there. <laughs> well, I think it's and honestly, when in terms of us and with business, um, of course, the personal side gets yeah. to it. And we had discussed this earlier too. And Oof. when we when we first started. Both of us, when we first started getting into our businesses and stuff as well, we, we did get contacted by uh, friends and even, um, in my case, family mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. were looking for the uh, what we call the hookup on things. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I had tons and tons of like friends and stuff in my beginnings in my first few years that uh, wanted to hook up on chiropractic, and meaning you know adjustments, treatments, right. you know, things. Uh, you call it pro bono, you call it free, you call it whatever you may call it, but that's what it was. And then even as me being a coach, uh, the same thing happened when um, I started getting more uh, out there with coaching and more, you know, people start hearing me yeah. you know, doing more with different athletes. And of course, that's when I get hit up with a lot of friends. It was friends from uh, like football, high school, college, and doing the same thing. Like, hey, you know, can you hook me up with a diet? Can you hook me up with this? So it's sad as it may say, because I know for me as a friend and coming from like, if I knew I had a friend who had expertise and I needed help or needed guidance or needed something done, you know, I want to help them out and their business grow. So I want to see them successful. That's my thought. Mm -hmm. I feel success through them if I see them successful too. So I want to help them out. And if that, if that friend decided to give me, you know, maybe some type of hookup discount, whatever, then that's on them. But I'm not expecting that. And that's the sad thing is we get that a lot. And I know you get it too, where you get someone that you're, you know, you feel like you got a relationship with closeness to, and they feel they're going to reach out mm. to you and feel mm. like you, not to say you owe them that, but you're willing to give them that, you know, and realizing this is, this is your livelihood. This is what you do. This is what keeps food on the table. This is what, you know, keeps food on the table for that's your, a killer. your child, you know? So. That's a killer. I don't, I don't know how you do it because I know for what you do, uh, you gain a client and let's say they, they're on for a year. Mm-hmm. They get a hard time, and then they uh, they've got a uh, they can't afford you anymore. So uh, if they ask you a question during that time, um, man, I can't imagine what that's like to, to try and guard well, yourself. You know that it's, it's it's a little different if they, you know if I know there's some type of like you know financial hardship with a person or things yeah. like that. And they've explained that. I'm willing to work with people, and, mm-hmm. but then of course you do have the ones who probably want to like inquire, talk end up trying to like get things from you and yeah. stuff and they and a sad thing is you feel like they're trying to do it where they're trying to use a, a angle of being friendly or okay. being a friend that's right that's right to allow them to have yes. to do that oh, and man. so yeah. i've i've had that you know done a lot and stuff and but, I, of course i feel like i handle it the way i that I should and not to be you know you know stand off or anything but at the same time just to like 
you know, kind of be let be known that, hey, you know, this is something I do. This is what I do for a living, too. So, you know, it's it kind of goes that way. Cause same thing if I went to them for something, I would expect it to be big the same obstacle. Way. There's a big obstacle. Yeah. Guys, if you're starting a business, let's say you're starting a lawn care. Derek, if you're still listening, he's starting a or he's got a lawn care business. Um, you know, and, and let's say you start a lawn care business and a good friend of you says, hey, um, can you hook me up? I, I, I got my yard. I need, I need to cut. Um, man, you've, you've got to be able to tell them uh, that your time is worth something because that's your living. And it's hard, especially when it's family and friends. If you're a, a hairstylist um, and your girls want you to hook them up, um, you've got to be able to tell them in a nice way. Hey, that you know, I'm sorry, but that's going to cost you X, or I'll try to fit you in, or give you, uh, I'll give you the rates. Um, it's not fun to, to do that because you want to help. Trust me, I, we, we we give a lot of free advice and we give our free time, um, but it doesn't it doesn't help us pay our bills. So um, I'm not going to take away from your hair salon. I'm not going to take away from your lawn care business. In fact, I'll probably tip you more yeah. because I know what it's like to be in business. But that that's dealing with different folks. So. Uh, your biggest obstacle when it comes to that, guys, is being able to have, you know, maybe a canned speech for your family and friends. Like, hey, uh, I know I cut hair for a living. Uh, I could fit you in around ten o'clock, um, and instead of twenty dollars, I, I can only I can charge you fifteen. Um, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. a way to do it, and you'll have to figure out how. But it's a big, big problem. I think you like you say you almost have to get to where you already have it in your head mm-hmm. that whenever you open a business that it's going to happen. It is going to happen. Yeah, and it's going to happen more than a few times. It's going to happen, yeah. you know, almost probably yearly in mm-hmm. terms of people coming out for you. So you have to be ready, be prepared, understand then what we were talking about. Hey, you know, your time is is valuable. Understand that your time is valuable. The time you spent building your business, the time you spent with, for me, like going through school, going to school you, know, you know, so all that time yeah. that you put in, you gotta understand, like you want to have that, that respect that you did all that to get where you're at. So hopefully that people respect you in the same way. Cause in a sense, if you do allow yourself to do something and you're doing it free or pro bono, then does it lose respect for that person towards you? Because you're, and then they view your service as it's being less. less brings your value less. Yeah, when you start discounting guys, it really is. It's putting a message out there that uh, your service isn't worth that much. Um, so I don't really don't think it helps you. Um, I really hope you listen on that one. That's a that's a tough one for a lot of folks. Yeah, you don't really and that's a big one. That's, I think that you can see that for anybody who owns any business or runs any business, that's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, look. I hear this a lot. Hey, I want to start a business. Me and my brother want to do this. Or, you know, Trey and I, we're going to start a, a business, uh, ice cream business. Um, <laughs> partners and investors. Guys, listen. Uh, Trey and I talked about this beforehand because we hear about it all the time. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, people come up to us. They want to partner with us. They want to invest. They want to do all these sort of things. Um, what's your take on partners and investors? Well, this is the thing we talk about too. Uh, with comes to partnership, um, don't care if it's friends or family. There's always going to be an issue. There's always going to be a discrepancy. Uh, a lot of times, like we were talking about in the situation, if the business is doing poorly, there's fingers being pointed at that point. If the business is being successful, then there's going to one feel more deserving than the other. Usually, you know, um, I don't feel that there's really ever rarely a, a case where. You just partner, partner, 50-50, understanding the whole way through, no issues, no arguments. There's always going to be conflict. Always. Because you want to have, for instance, if if John came up with an idea to me and said, hey, like you said, ice cream business. i got yeah. this cool ice cream business I want to p- pitch you. Yeah. Well, guess what? He's pitching to me, but this is his passion. 
I'm just going along with the ride. Rolling in a cell chocolate. So, so, so he, yeah, I'll be probably, I'll be the taster. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, if John has his passion, more likely John's going to probably put a lot more time, a lot more effort getting the business going. I might be helping out here and there, some financial support, nothing much more. So after this business grows, say give it five years and it's a successful business and it's making, say it's making a few hundred grand a year. At that point, John might develop some bitterness because here I am, you know, slacking, not really doing my work. He's the one constantly, you know, revising, updating, doing all this stuff to the business to expand it. I'm just kind of coasting. There's going to be a point there in that partnership that John's going to feel, you know what, I'm not, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this 50-50, but yet I'm doing 70% of the work. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of riding the rest of the wave. I feel you don't, you don't believe in partners. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not in a position where I want to do something in a partnership and knowing that I'm going to risk probably a potential relationship I have with that person, especially if it's someone that's family. It's mostly going to be family. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. So I, I'm a little, I'm hesitant more on that, you know, on a partnership for me. Well, I, I couldn't agree more um, on that with partners. I, I can't ever see it going well. I've never seen it go well, actually. I see them dissolve. I see problems. Uh, one's usually willing to put in more work than the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hear about all the fights and the issues with it. So I highly, uh, I highly don't recommend it. And um, if you're thinking about it, like, oh, well, this guy's really good at, um, you know, making the ice cream. I'm really good at selling the ice cream, and this thing's gonna work. And he's my brother, and you know, we, he's been working for, you know, Ben and Jerry's forever, so he's got the connection. I still don't recommend it. Yeah, I still don't recommend it. it it's uh, you guys are gonna have disagreements, and again, your successes and failures are gonna rely, and you're gonna blame each other. Yeah. So I would highly uh, not recommend it. And um, with that said, and I, th- and I say, and I say, highly not recommend, especially if you're starting, uh, like if this be your first business. Now, if this was, I say, for instance, if you if you had maybe one or two different business, and you want just like, a, you know what, I'm just going to try this with someone, and you're like partly invested and stuff, but you're not, it's not something you're expecting. Partly invested. Well, let's let's leave the disclaimer. Ninety nine point, well, ninety nine percent of the time. Mm. We're against it, mm. uh, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. for uh, especially for new businesses. New business? Oh, I wouldn't do it for new there. Are, there are ways that it works, guys, but it, it's for advanced um, business folks that know what they're good at. Mm. With that said, I'm gonna segue into this. There's a lot of you guys out here that want to start a business. Uh, they're in the field. Let's let's use uh, let's use uh, AC guys, the guys that work on you know heat and air. Uh, let's say you're a really good technician and you see all that you're you're billing a hundred dollars an hour. And you know it's costing them $20 an hour. So you want to start your own business because you see all this profit. Well, it's not just profit, guys. It goes into the business. And so um, what I'm getting at is do what you're good at. If you love, if you, if you do good at heating and air, stick to heating and air and turning a wrench or, or installing that stuff. It's different than being good at business. Being good at business is different than being a technician or an operator. Does that make sense? No, it is. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of folks, they, they're good at something, they're good at cutting hair, and so now they want to start their own business. That doesn't mean you're good at accounting, okay? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're good at relationships with your vendors. That doesn't, that doesn't mean you're good with your accountant, uh, with saving with taxes and paying your bills and all that stuff. If you're good at cutting hair and you love it, keep cutting hair. Just find a way to do it the most profitable way, and that's it. That's, that's what I recommend. I don't recommend that everybody goes into business. Um, people go into business thinking that they're just going to make uh, tons of money hands over fist. They're not counting on 49% tax rates. 
Okay. They don't. They don't. They don't get. They get into trouble not knowing that. No. Um, with that said, um, hey John, I want to start a business, but I need an investor or I need some money to start. I don't have anything. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, my first divorce, I was uh, freshly divorced, just got custody of my four year old daughter, and I had four thousand dollars in my savings account. Four thousand dollars. Okay, we're getting naked right now. Four thousand dollars, not literally on the podcast, guys. Not literally. Uh, Four thousand dollars in my savings account, and I had five thousand dollars in bills the next month. All right, and what I did was I drew a line in the sand. If this guy doesn't pay me my money, my commission on on April first, I'm starting my own business. That time came. Okay, that time came, and so I quit on principle. And what I did was I said, uh, I'm not. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not doing this anymore. Okay, so I grabbed my toolbox and I started calling customers. No plan B and uh, not a bunch of money saved up. So smart move? I don't know. But I knew I knew I wasn't going to keep working for that guy. Um, my, What I'm trying to tell you is that you don't need a ton of money to start something. Okay, you don't. You got to crawl before you walk. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to know how to handle your money. Your defense... Okay, keeping your expenses low. Trey was talking about that earlier. Keeping your expenses low, that's your defense. And then working on your income, your, that's your, that's your uh, offense. Um, that's key. Your defense is key starting in the business. Yeah. Um, so I made it work. I never missed a payment. I still haven't missed a payment. And uh, I went right into business and uh, never looked back. Um, again, was it a smart move? I don't know. But I didn't have a plan B. And that's the other thing, guys. You can't have a plan B. Uh, you got to be full steam ahead, sleeping on the mattress, getting yeah. high while they're playing Madden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was my plan A. <laughs> that, was your, that was your plan A. That was my whole... But the thing is, it was funny to me. Listen to that. You weren't ever yeah. like, hey, you know what? I can go to work for this guy here and make $80,000. Yeah. And that's great money, guys. That's really great money. If you're making $80,000 out there um, and you're happy with what you're doing and you got your freedom and you feel free, continue on. Don't, don't, don't venture off at anything else. Uh, but if you like pain and you like failure... Uh, with an occasional success, <laughs> well, then entrepreneurship is for you. <laughs> or, go, or go to Vegas. Or go, go to Vegas. <laughs> that too. Um, so I do not recommend any debt getting started. Yeah. Um, I, I did, however, I went and I used um, an auto loan. I spent $12,000 with Navy Federal Credit Union to go get a service truck so I could go to work. And so that's that's what I did. Personally, I went and got a $12,000 loan, and I went to work with my toolbox. Um, so um, don't ask people for money because uh, I don't believe in that. And um, work really hard and accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. Stick to your defense and grow that, grow that offense. Um, that's what I got to say about debt. I know I get a lot of questions of people, you know, hey, I need $100,000 to start a business. No, you don't. Well, that's what you want to make it easier. That's right. But, but honestly, what the debt's going to do is create more debt. More debt and yeah. more more issues because it's yeah. not freedom. No. Because then you're living to pay the debt. That's and, it. Yeah. So. Your, guy, your guy you were just talking about. Yeah. With, with all that all that expense. Yeah. Um, and so if you're, if you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, the key here is to, to be free. We're all trying to be free. And for mm. us, freedom is... Um, financially free, being able to, to go on vacation and hang out and do things uh, to help people. So um, you have any thoughts on debt? Anything other than that? 
No, actually, I mean, that, that was, I think that was a good way of kind of like summing things up in terms of like, you know, the, you know, the debt, the expenses and things, you know, not allowing yourself to start in a hole pretty much where you're oh. constantly just digging out. Uh, and a lot of, and it even goes into like, you know, we, talk, we were talking the other day with the, um, oh, sorry. Oh, what's going on there? But, Probably oh, it timed out. Timed out. 60 minutes, yeah. So, yeah. anyways, like going into this, you know, I think we were talking earlier too about, you know, even owning a gym. Um, you know, we know people who go into it, uh, of course, sometimes going into a gym, you pretty much have to start out in debt, you know, to do it for most people, you know, most people do it versus maybe slowly building, slowly adding on. Okay. Uh, I have a friend of mine, um, who, which actually I'll, I'll say, you know, uh, Jason from extreme fitness, I know he don't mind me saying it. He's one of those guys that built his place and he slowly added, slowly expanded over the years. And it, you know, it was about 20 years and he's wow. finally in, he's got his you know awesome gym. Mm-hmm. He's got tons of access, probably one of the best gyms you'll find. Um, I say most people even who traveled to come train with me in that gym, Say it's probably one of the best gyms they've ever been to, and that's saying from people who've been from Wilmington, from Myrtle Beach, from Greenville, uh, Columbia, all mm-hmm. those places. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot. But this is a guy who also kept his expenses low, didn't go out borrow a, a ton of money to open up a place, open up a gym, slowly add equipment when he could, you know, slowly build up memberships, and now he's got a you know very nice, successful gym, um, and he loves it. So slow and steady. Yeah, slow and steady. Um, well, what do you think your biggest obstacle is now as you're trying to grow your business? You know, the big, I guess the biggest obstacle still, because, you know, I do want to see the expansion stuff, and it's really just if I'm hiring someone to help me in terms of in-office uh, work or uh, it could be billing or whatever, being careful of not overextending myself just because I want to either, you know, either it could be two things. It could be either I want I'm hiring someone who I want to, like, help that, you know, my, my maybe needs a little bit of part-time job mm-hmm. or even trying to find like more efficient ways to make my business run in I terms of billing. Um, I think share to IGTV. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Sorry guys. We were having a little bit of issues. Well, that's, that's sharing what we just did. Yeah. I'm just go back here. Okay. Sorry, podcast. We're, uh, um, Working on their Instagram live. Yeah, I think mine's done. All right. There. And I thought it would keep rolling. Actually, I just got a message. Both our IGs timed out, so we, we're maxed out. We're maxed out? Well, yeah. We're going back live. <laughs> Or mine is. Mine's not letting me to go back on. All right. We're we're back live again. Sorry on the cast. We're just uh trying to trying to do what we did happened last time with us on the yeah, we hit an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Um, All right, so as you try to expand, um your biggest obstacle is you know, I, I, I still, it's always still limiting overhead costs. And I think sometimes, too, when you expand, of course, mm-hmm. if you get busier, um, you're trying to find ways to assist you to where you're, of course, not having to work extra or harder for it. So I think you're still just trying to manage that and manage who you hire, you know, how effective they are. Like you said before, like you want to make sure you're hiring the right person for the right job. Ugh. That's not going <laughs> to cause you more holiday, or more headaches. Yeah. And, more problems, more issues, or someone that you feel like is is you're helping them out more 
than really them helping you out in terms of what you know they're offering for you as far as for service and stuff. Sure. Like, so that's managing expectations. We could probably talk about that forever. Yeah. Hiring people, firing people. That's, <laughs> that's tough. That's another. That's another. That uh, might be a, that might be another cast we could do later oh, on and stuff. Because I mean, even for what we're covering now, we're, I mean, it's still a lot of stuff here, and we, we can keep really, really kind of going even more in depth. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're probably getting to like the. Uh, the, the end of what we need to <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here we've hit over an hour try to keep y'all's attention but uh if you have any questions again hit us up here or uh dm either one of us um biggest obstacles as you're growing your business um you were saying was um hiring people that sort of thing yeah. finding, the, finding the right people uh that is a pretty big obstacle i feel like um not everybody is going to have your work ethic no. And anybody I ever talked to that is in um, um, business for themselves, uh, what they say is, nobody's going to do it like me, John. No. Um, and then they become a control freak. Mm. And so they do it themselves. And I, I, you know, I can't stress this enough. If you can find somebody that will do it 80% of what the, way, the way you would do it, or hell, even 60%, um, you, pay them that, you pay them what they're worth. And you move on to something else. And that's how you grow your business. You're never going to find somebody to do what you do, Trey. Yeah. Uh, and I'm never going to find somebody to do what I do. So um, it's really hard to relinquish that because it's your baby. Yeah. All right? So it was like my first employee. Let's say it was cost me $4,000 a month. That was real money. $4,000. When I can go out there, and most people are thinking that. I can go out there and do that and, and, and profit 4000 But guess what? When he started working two or three months into that, I was able to grow the business in other ways, yeah. and our profit went higher and higher. And so then I was a big fan of employees all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And how can I make us more profitable? So growing our profitability, we're, uh, and that's what I'm focused on, profitability, um, not, not our yearly revenue. Everybody likes to tout what they do on a yearly basis, and you get stuck in that. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a big uh, hammer. You know, like, hey, I did you know, $10 million. I don't care what's the profitability. I'd rather do five million and have fifty percent than ten million and twenty uh, percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, biggest obstacle, ranting a little bit. Biggest obstacle for me is getting comfortable mm-hmm. um, because I've done really well with my defense. I don't mind saying that. Um, set myself up personally, and because I've gone through a couple divorces, um, it uh, it helped me get really tight when I need to get really tight, and then stay there. Yeah, and so when I'm ready to do something, you know, like, like, like uh, one night, go ahead and buy a cyber truck for no reason, oh, God. yeah, or or you know, I want to, I want a Chevelle, or I want to do something, I do it, and I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, uh, but that's because my defense has gotten so good. So, but but my biggest obstacle is still being comfortable. Mm. I mean, we both got to that level. We went from struggling, sleeping on mattresses and things like that, your yeah. mattresses, out our friends too. Um, all right, now. We, we can go out and not, not have to look at the, the bank account. And you'll get to that point as well if you start getting in business. And my biggest thing is um, I don't want to be comfortable. I can't, I can't keep being comfortable. i gotta, I got to do things to make myself uncomfortable. Uh, i got to get out here and i got to sell more business. i got to do other stuff. And um, that is, that's the difference between making X. You know, that's the difference between making 50000 and a million dollars a year, guys, is, mm. is never being satisfied and always being hungry. It's so hard. It's so hard when you can when you know that you can go. Hey, I can go travel to Africa tomorrow and be okay. Hey, yeah. Trey, let's go to let's go to Louisiana. 
You ready? Let's do it. Let's go to fucking <laughs> Vegas. Like, I'm ready right now. And it'd be hard to say no to you. But, um... It's, it's my eyes. <laughs> my eyes. Good song, bud. <laughs> um, anyway, don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable, because if you, if you got this mindset, you're going to make it. And your best bet... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close up with this. Um... My biggest golden nugget is to bet on yourself. Bet on yourself um, because if you made it this far, uh, you're going to keep making it and you're going to be successful in, in whatever you do. Not only that, but surround yourself with the people that are going to help you do that and get rid of the people that don't. I don't care if it's uh, your mom, your dad, uh, if it's your wife, or your husband, you give it your best fucking shot. Okay, that's what I'm telling you right now because that right there, your family is most important, uh, but you do your best to make that work. And then you, if it doesn't work, then you keep rolling. If not, then they're on your side. Mm-hmm. But if they're not with you, they're against you. So I'm going to leave it with that. Yeah, that's good. That's, what do you, what do you got? No, I'm say that's a good nugget. I mean, that's, that's yours. I you know mine for mine, you know, of course, like I said, the overhead load as much as possible. You know, that way you're not having to work yourself to pay the bills. So, All right. Well, there you go, guys. Defense and um, stick to positive people and keep that around. Uh, wait for the next podcast. Thanks for uh, viewing.